Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke. This time on Radio Greats, my great has been a voice on both sides of the aisles, from pirate radio right through to a career on some of the most recognised stations in the UK, presenting every slot from breakfast to drive time on stations that include Capital Gold and Smooth Radio. And I look forward to learning more about him in this edition. But before I do, Eamon Kelly... How do I find you today? Uh, great as always. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Ah, oh, well, it's it's uh, it's great to have you uh, on uh, on this edition of uh, Radio Greats and uh, to hear uh, a little bit more about uh, the life uh, of Eamon on the radio. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure for me to do this. So, yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, thanks for asking me. You're welcome. So, Eamon, for the past. Um, 30 years you've been involved with radio on both sides of the aisles but uh going back to the beginning how was it uh you developed the bug because am i right in thinking you got uh your first taste in radio just before you were 10 years old <laughs> just before 10 it seems like that now looking back um it was yeah really early days i was still at school and there were a proliferation of pirate radio stations um opening and closing all the time in dublin and as luck would have it, one of the stations opened up right next to a record shop that I was working in part time. And we got talking with the DJs and they invited me round to have a look at this tiny little setup somewhere hidden away so the authorities couldn't find them. And long story short, they asked me if I'd like to try out and do one of the shows. I think they were looking for discounts in the record shop for some of the you know singles. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. I went along. I was absolutely terrible and remained terrible for years after. So it's um, it, it, if ever there's a case of perseverance and keep on trying, you know, and keep working on your craft, um, I'm I'm a case in point. So yeah, it all started off there. So with with, uh, with pirate radio in Ireland. And because um, I've always been very curious um, to know about um, about pirate radio, uh, especially in Ireland, because uh, in Britain, it was the foundations for Radio One and commercial radio. And uh, am I right in thinking in Ireland, it was the foundations for 2FM and then stations like 98FM and Century that would come along a few years later? Yeah, very similar story. Uh, with much to the annoyance of the national broadcaster in Ireland, RTE, um, these uh, people came along and decided that they wanted something different, not just, you know, your tiny little quota of pop music every couple of hours a week or whatever they were doing back then. I can't remember because I didn't listen to them. So that tells you everything, really. Um, and then all these stations just popped up. And at first the authorities were clamping down on them. And then they kind of just let them get on with it. Um, so much um, to the extent that by the, I suppose, early to mid 80s, the radio stations, you know, they would have their signage outside their their buildings. They everybody knew where they were. You could go and visit them, you know, and go and buy merchandise in the local shop. So it was no secret where these stations. So I'm talking about some of the big boys now, like Radio Nova, Energy Q102, where I worked as well. Um, so the authorities basically just turned a blind eye. But these these were very successful companies. And out of all those pirate stations that you worked on, which was your favourite to work on? That's a really difficult question. I think it was, um, I left Dublin in the summer of 86 
because quite honestly, those stations would open, they close, you'd be promised money. Sometimes you got paid, sometimes you never got paid. So there was a lot of toing and froing there, as you can imagine. And I decided to leave Dublin and go to Cork in the summer of 86. And I just, I, I, I got a job at a radio station called WBEN, fell in with a couple of English lads who I got on really great with. And we just had a, we had a brilliant summer. It was, you know, it was just one of those special moments. Nick Richards, who I believe is, st- he was on Caroline, by the way. So he's like an English pirate and an Irish pirate, if you like, but, but comes from England. And um, bumped into him and also a guy called Neil Francis, who ended up working on Capital and yeah, Virgin and, and so on. And we we just got on like a house on fire. We shared a house. We had an amazing summer. And, and that really kind of lit it for me. That that was right. Now, this is what I want to do. And also, I worked on a, on a big station. I got my first big break the year before a Q102 in Dublin. And that was the that was the first time I got proper pay you got a proper pay slip because obviously this is pirate radio remember but they taxed you and they you know you paid your national insurance or whatever so this was official as official as you could be for pirate and yeah i and this was right now this is a good way to make a living because you can play songs on the radio and you can just be yourself Isn't it 1990, uh, you come over to the UK and start working for uh, Broadland in Norfolk. Um, But um, what what was the reason for coming to start a broadcasting career in the UK, especially when the commercial market um, was just taken off in Ireland? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, the only thing I'd say about Pirate Radio, and then I'll I'll, I'll answer your question, is it was a great great grounding for you, you could go on there, you could be totally useless, especially on the smaller ones, because they weren't paying you. It was more like a hobby, but it was on live on the radio 24 hours a day. And you could be as, as bad as you wanted in a way. And you, you learned your craft, whereas you literally couldn't do that on, on official, you know, paid for radio because they would they wouldn't tolerate that so it was from that point of view it was wonderful so it was 1988 when I first came to the UK I came to visit a friend of mine and um uh, for the summer in that year and I saw a job and this is something you'd probably be able to relate to you don't see that many ads for radio presenters, do you? I mean, they you don't see them advertised, generally speaking. People switch stations or they get hired, but you don't see, well, well how did that come about? Um, so, but I did see a tiny little ad for Radio Broadland. They were looking for a new presenter. I decided to apply. The friend that I came to visit, by the way, in a very kind of, I don't know if all bloke friends are like this, but he told me, you've got no chance Forget you're wasting your time applying for this job. You don't live in the UK. You don't sound like you fit in the UK and you've got no chance. And guess who got the job? So um, so my advice would be don't listen to anybody. And just go, just go with your gut instinct and go with the flow. I got the job at 88 and this, that was it. Once I got a job in the UK, I thought, right, I'm, I kind of ran out of road in Dublin. I worked on many stations. I didn't feel like my career was going very far. And also I had the freedom. I was incredibly young still. And I just thought, you know what? I'm gonna I was one of these free spirits who, if I felt like it, I did it. And that's what I did. You're- 
Well, uh, can you remember the first show you did with Broadland? Yes, it was called... Um, I was given the early breakfast show. Now, Broadland or Norfolk, where it broadcasts or did broadcast at the time, was it's a very rural community outside of Norwich, which was a brilliant city, by the way. That was my first. And, and again, I was I was I was basically university age. So I arrived in a university city. The place was thriving. And I just thought, oh, my, this is great. I loved it. Um, but it, but outside the major city or a couple of big towns, it's very rural. That's where they grow the vegetables. That's where the farming community. So what you would do is you do this early breakfast show before I think it was four till six. So they gave me a, a shot of that. And you would do the farming prices like at 530 or five o'clock in the morning. And, and this was new to me because coming from a, a city like Dublin, you know, we didn't do the local pig prices and what, what we was selling for in the market that day or anything anything like that so this was an eye-opener so um but no it was, it was brilliant and I've, I've nothing but gratitude to the people who helped me along the way and hired me and encouraged me and sometimes criticized me but you know that that was the way it was well i have to ask with working at broadland was bob harris there at this point or no Oh, he'd already gone. But I but I'd heard, you know, he'd obviously left a very strong feeling at the station because as a matter of fact, there were a number of these stations. And I think it depends who who ran them at the time, because remember, unlike these days, they were standalone, independent companies that served the community and the people generally speaking who ran them lived there. So it was, it was very much a, a strong community spirit in, in all around the UK. And um, there was a really strong heritage in these stations. And I felt very privileged to be kind of let in from the, from the outsider point of view, if you like. So, um, so yeah, but, but there had, there were many great names had come through and let's be honest and no disrespect, but a relatively small station compared to some of the big boys in the major cities, but it had a huge following. It's something like a 50 or 60% reach. I can't remember now, but there was a huge loyalty there with the listeners. And I felt like, wow, this is, I'm getting a break here on a station that, you know, the listeners know what they want here and and let's hope it's me as well. (laughs) So, uh, but I only stayed nine months and, and thankfully that was my choice because although it was my stepping i kind of stepped into the uk with broadland but i always wanted to see if i could get closer to london because i had this burning ambition back in the day to either end up working at capital or radio one and and that was even when i was a kid in dublin uh, with no with zero talent by the way so i had no business setting my sights so high and so i decided to start applying to stations that were closer to london and that's where i ended up in kent when when i joined coast am was there was a lot of stations back in the day, late 80s, were starting to split the AM, FM frequencies because it was either use it or lose it. And they decided to split off from one station using both frequencies to two stations all of a sudden. So I joined the AM and then I moved over to Invicta FM as well at some point. Well, you talked about um, going uh, further to London with Coast and then Invicta. And as you said, you wanted to either be on Radio 1 or Capital. Mm. And um, uh, the end of 93, 94 um, arrives and um, you uh, make that uh, move because... uh, uh, with with AM and FM, you um, Capital Gold comes about, and uh, 
you get a gig with them. So how did the gold gig come about? Well, over the years, and again, this, you know, you'll, you'll notice a theme going on here, um, you know, never giving up. Um, consistency, you know, um, never taking no for an answer. So I started writing to to Capital many years before. And at first you'd get, I mean, these were the days when radio stations would respond to you with a letter. I mean, I don't even know if you'd get an email these days. I'm, I'm not sure how it works. So um, a letter would come and it was to, to, the, to the great Richard Park back then who ran Capital FM and Capital Gold. And everybody heard of Richie Park and knew about him. Little did I know I'd end up working and quite closely with him at, at some points too. But at, the, at this point, I, I, all I knew was he was the man you had to impress. So I'd send the demo and at first you'd get a reply, but it'd be from one of the producers or something. And then you might send another one a year later. And then it might be from him, the reply, but he wouldn't sign it. One of the PAs would sign it. So, and then the next time he'd sign. So what I could see there was... It was getting closer to the main man and it was it was becoming more personal. So whereas before you get a general, no, we've got no jobs at the moment, but we'll keep your details on file. You know, that old that old standard reply. Then it was like I remember getting a letter once from him, from Richard Park, and it said, I really enjoyed your tape this time. And I've been really impressed. There's nothing right now, but, you know, keep working at it. Keep. And I thought, right now, that's a change because that's not just your standard anymore. And then I must have sent one another time after that. And long story short, I got a, um, a call from his PA one day. I literally nearly dropped the phone because it was it was I'm high. I'm Richard Park's PA and he'd like to see you. What, seriously? Yes, he would. So I went along to Euston Tower. I met the great man himself. Um, and we had a, a very informal chat. And, you know, I'd heard his reputation. He, you know, he he could require you to be top of your game every day. You know, they, there was no messing around there. And he was the most charming, friendly guy in the world. And he offered me a job on the spot. Capital Girl, this is Eamon Kelly. Tony Blackburn may not be here, but his features are today and all next week, too. And um, those beautiful features... What we uh, know and love about Tony Blackbird's show. Uh, back-to-back number ones, Tony's chart top was two in a row, round 5.30 today. Classic songs, I promise you. Plus, the weekend starts here between 6 and 7. The greatest uh, soul, Motown, dance songs. Make sure you're listening to Capital Gold for that. I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant songs lined up. Capital Gold is your great time music station. Just to put us in a good mood now, the Beach Boys. Just like that. And yeah. can you remember that first show then you did with Gold? The thing is, I've got a terrible... <laughs> in, in, in a way, I can remember some stuff. And for some reason, I can't remember a lot of stuff. Oh, no, I do. I do remember because Carol Straker, who was the program controller then at the time for Capital Gold, she sat in on the show, on the overnight show. Now, it was very rare for a program controller to sit in on an overnight show and to lose sleep doing that. But just to make sure everything, because, you know, it's a new desk, it's a new playout system, it's a new everything. And, um, yeah, I mean, talk about pressure. A, you're getting an opportunity to work on one of the biggest, it was one of the biggest stations in the country. Uh, I mean, it was major, especially, you know, back then in London, there weren't so many stations. So it was Capital FM and Capital Gold were number one and two in the commercial sector. And uh, and to get a crack at that, but then to have the programme controller sitting opposite you during it, you know, it was just one of those things. It seemed to go okay. <laughs> she was charming as well, lovely woman. And, um, but what I couldn't get my head around is when you walk in 
I think they call it imposter syndrome, where you arrive somewhere and you think, what, why me? You know, so on the station at the time, to give you a bit of an idea, it was Tony Blackburn, Kenny Everett, Mike Reed. You know, some of my heroes that I might have watched on BBC television growing up in Dublin. Mike Reed, I used to love a Saturday morning TV show. Um, so these were the legends who were on. And then suddenly you're part of the lineup. Some some lad from Dublin who just came out of nowhere. And I'm kind of scratching my head going, what's going on here? <laughs> what what am I doing? So um, and also on the on the flip side, because the Capital FM and Capital Gold Studios were connected by an airlock. So you could go from one to the other. And, you know, so you'd have Tony Blackburn on breakfast there and right through the door, you've got Chris Tarrant and then there's Pat Sharp and then Mick Brown. And I got to know these guys, obviously, over the years because you get to work with them and, you know, and all that. But at the time, it's, it's quite daunting when you first walk into a place like that. Come on, Eileen, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Uh, our machine in here showed us that we 30 seconds left on that. We were chattering away. <laughs> Hang on. Shh. Have a listen. Have a listen. That I gaze on so far. We've been taken over by a bloody Irish station. That all of a sudden now, we were talking about Irish football a minute. What's this? What is this? Six seconds left. Have a listen. Just like fairy gifts gone in the sky. In um, the 13 years uh, you were fir- first time, first in with uh, Capital Gold, am I right in thinking you presented every slot there? Yeah, I started on overnights. I worked on, um, I deputised for breakfast. I worked on, I was, I, I was given the mid-morning show out of the blue and um, I was, I, it really was, I was called into the great Richard Park's office one day and uh, I think I'd done, I'd done a couple of uh, weeks of holiday relief and he said, how do you think it went? I thought, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. He said, well, luckily, so did I. And I'd like to offer you um, the, the show permanently. And so then from, I went from overnights to suddenly um, presenting right after Tony Blackburn. I'm, <laughs> and again, I'm scratching my head thinking, OK. Um, I also did some weekend stuff as well so they could hear what I was up to. And, you know, so they kept a, a bit of a close ear. But uh, so, yeah, it just it just seemed to be what you tend to find in your career is you have moments where you're picked up and you're you're swept along because that's what they want, the management. And there are other times you could try your hardest for the the entire rest of your life and it's not going to work for you. There are times when it's it's just your sweet spot, if that makes sense, in your career. It it, it is. And uh, I mean, Parky is 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 a great in in any radio form and uh, i remember someone describing him as the sort of alex ferguson of radio <laughs> <laughs> um I, I have only i have only got and you know we were cl- and back then remember because it was they had i say only two stations when you compare now to the likes of global who are running many 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 national hugely successful brands coming out of the the same building but back then Richard was right across both stations because you know he his office was in the programming department he had one of the two stations on all the time he was like on it and you needed to be on it you know, because he, I mean, you, in fact, he didn't even need to tell you that because you were there, you saw all these pictures on the wall of all the presenters, you knew who was there before you, you knew how many people wanted to get in the door after you and wanted your job. You just wanted to be the best you could be every single show. And that's so, a mantra I still have to this day. Capital Gold, it's been quite a week. Good week to have a couple of days off work, really. 
especially in the middle of the week. Uh, temperatures up to about 23, 24. What's that? About the low 70s. Some people walking around the radio station with suntans in April. It's unbelievable. Okay, it's going back to normality now. Some showers today. A little bit chilly too, doesn't it feel? So the next couple of days is going to be like that. And hopefully, it'll kick off again next week. Some good weather. Brilliant. Status quo on the way. We'll do the Beatles. And details coming up of how you can win tickets for We Will Rock You. It's a We Will Rock You winning weekend. Get, get into Euston Tower, um, doing every show on Capital Gold and having uh, daily handovers with Tony Blackburn. What was your highlight with Capital Gold? I suppose that feeling of working with these people that you saw on top of the pops back in the, because I was a kid, like a tiny kid, and you'd be watching some of these guys. And you think, hang on a minute, I'm having a coffee with them now in the corner there. We're having a chat. I remember I was on the phone one day to my girlfriend and suddenly the phone was, was, was just grabbed out of my hand. And I looked at it from behind and I looked because, you know, the phone is snatched out of your hand and I'm kind of halfway through a sentence. And it turns out it was Fluff Freeman and he's messing about. And then suddenly he starts talking to my girlfriend, like, not off. Um, who's this? And she said, oh, it's, you know, her name. And he goes, listen, uh, let me tell you, um, sweetheart, something about your boyfriend. And, and he just goes off on this little. And you just think this is a surreal moment. You know, these these sort of things don't happen. Or there was another, and again, it's a Fluff Freeman, but I could give you, I could give you any of the names you like because there was there was stuff going on all the time. And um it was it was one of these things where I was running late one day, and you know, it's one of those things. It was a problem at the Blackwall Tunnel, there was an accident, I couldn't get through. So Fluff Freeman is doing his countdown, all right, pop pickers and all this sort of thing. And as he's doing the countdown, he's giving an up-to-date, because I had to I had to keep ringing. Um, Eamon Kelly's running late, but he'll be here quite soon, pop pickers. But don't worry, I'll stay here until he gets here. And I'm thinking. This is the most surreal thing in the world. I mean, what's going on? And as it turns out, I wasn't that late in the end, but I was like obviously worried I would be. And it was, yes, yeah, so there were many moments like that where you just think, I, I, how has this even happened? <laughs> just so, yeah. amazing. Happy time. Uh, absolutely. And Fluff, any, ever, I think anyone who's worked with him has got a Fluff Freeman story. Mm. Uh, most generous, loving, Easygoing guy. And here's, a, here's something I learned. Um, I found that the bigger the station and, the, you know, the, the, the sort of setup I've just described there, the friendlier and, and more at ease people were, because you might have the opinion it would be the other way around. Oh, you know, you go to a big station, there's all these egos and, you know, you, all this. Exactly the opposite. I, f- I tended to find that, you know, you probably have more trouble on the tiny little pirate station down the road because there were these guys who thought they should be on Capitol or whatever, and they're doing it the big I am. Whereas when you go to the big stations and you work with these fabulous programmers and these brilliant presenters, there actually is not, you know, generally speaking, they're, they're, they're lovely guys. So it, it, that was an eye opener for me. This your winning station winning where great music lives capital gold tony and stevenage how are you i'm fine thanks Damon. and yourself yeah good thanks what are you up to uh well i'm standing in my kitchen and i'm halfway through cutting my hair what you do it yourself oh indeed yeah all right so how's it going uh well it was going very well up until about uh, two and a half minutes ago when i first heard the trigger track oh yeah and queen came on you didn't cut yourself with your razor then no i managed to uh save myself from that <laughs> we will rock you winning weekend 
this is a brand new musical you're probably aware of coming Indeed. to London, Dominion Theatre. And I don't know if you heard Roger Taylor and Ben Elton on Mike Sweeney's show yesterday or not, but they were saying that uh, eventually they hope to take it over to America. And this is where Robert De Niro has been involved in the show. His production company are in involved. And uh, but first of all, they wanted to kick it off in London. Uh, you're going to be one of the first to see it. That's fantastic. Great. Thanks got, very much. I've got a pair of tickets. Are you a serious Queen fan? Yeah, I love Queen, yeah. Uh, something I learned uh, listening to the uh, the two guests with Sweeney the other day is, uh, I didn't know this before, and I have seen Queen in concert, and it didn't dawn on me. They've never actually performed Bohemian Rhapsody in full, ever. Did never you know at that? all. That's, to me, their biggest hit, and they've never done it before, ever, um, from beginning to end. But uh, in this musical, We Will Rock You, because they've got all the extra voices, because it's a complicated procedure, isn't it, in the studio, mm. laying them down on top of each other, and it couldn't possibly do it live, they're going to do it on We Will Rock You. So you will see that for the first time ever, and in addition to that, it's just a brilliant musical, so uh, best of luck to you. That's great, thanks very much. You're a winner. Um, the first of many on this show and throughout the weekend, so well done, uh, Tony. Thanks, Simon. Get your details, and then you can go back to that haircut. <laughs> okay. All right, another winner here with Capital Goal, We Will Rock You. So 2007 arrives, um, Capital Gold are making changes. And um, by this point, uh, you're out of Euston Tower and over to Leicester Square. And uh, you leave the station and um, move up uh, to Smooth in... Um, well, am I right? I'm thinking you went to Smooth London first and then Smooth Nottingham. Yeah, it was Smooth under uh, Guardian Media Group. And they ran a bunch of stations, real radio as well as smooths around the country. And I was very, um, a number of times in my career, I'd, I'd crossed paths with um, John Simons, who was their program director, the, the Richard Park of GMG, if you like. It was that kind of main man. And I, we just yelled. He said a couple of times, he, he called me in for three different interviews over the years for different projects. He said, I really like you. I'd like to hire you. But whenever that was... It just it just never happened or it wasn't the right time or whatever. And I there was a time I was thinking, oh, maybe he's just saying that, <laughs> you know, man. but then I did get a call and we did have a meet up. And he said, look, tell you what, I'll give you um, I'll give you one show a week. I've got going in Castle Ray Street on the smooth in London. And he said, I'll keep you in mind. Anyway, long story short, ended up uh, working in the uh, in in the Midlands on one of the smooths up there. And they, these by at the, at the time were independent, you know, they were independent of each other smooth. So I know the idea was to network them eventually. But at the time, you, you know, there were standalone proper stations all around the UK. And so I went to Nottingham, loved the city. I uh, had a great time there. Um, and I went from afternoons to breakfast and I did breakfast there for the best part of two years before then uh, from a local or a regional station's point of view, the dreaded networking came along and then everything came out of London um, and everybody lost their jobs, <laughs> essentially. So, I mean, before we um, discuss the networking of um, of Smooth, because uh, um, Smooth is is a brilliant station and as you said you were doing stuff for smooth east midlands uh first in the afternoon then breakfast what was working in a city like nottingham like it was great again it reminded me basically of my of my earlier days in norwich again another university city um very vibrant very young it was, um, yeah, I, and it was my first experience of living in the Midlands. I also then subsequently started doing some work for Smooth in Birmingham. 
and uh, I, which I also loved. I absolutely, I, I think Birmingham is a wonderful city, and the people are friendly, and and I, I just. I just, you know, when you land somewhere sometimes and you just feel right, I like it here. This, this is a good place. So I felt, I felt that the same about both, both places in, uh, in the Midlands that I just mentioned there. And it was all because of smooth. So I, I loved working there. But if you want me to be honest, deep down, because I'd come out of the London market, deep down, I wanted to get back into the London market because A, I live in the South and B, um, that's where I want to be. Well, uh, funny you should say that because 2011 arrives um, and Gold have now had a massive shake-up and you're back on the lineup this time presenting the Network Afternoon Show. So four years after you left Gold, what was it like to be back at Leicester Square? Yeah, brand new station. Well, what we didn't discuss before is when you said about, I think it was about, was it 2007, 2008 when, when Gold were undergoing, or Capital Gold were undergoing some changes. What we didn't mention was GWR had been involved for quite some time and some of the executives from the old GCAP or Capital had left. So the station had completely changed. And I won't go into great detail, but I I, I was ready to leave back then um, for various reasons. And then I got the opportunity to go to Smooth, like we said. But when the old guard, if you like, Richard Park came back to gold again and got his hands on it and reset it, that's when I felt that would be the place to go back to if I could get an opportunity. And I sent him an email and then I got a call, come in and uh, and off we go again. So, so yeah, um, it was wonderful. And then, of course, Capital Gold or Gold as it was then, they underwent some changes and went into networking apart from breakfast and a show at the weekend. And so subsequently, you can see a theme here with Smooth East Midlands and then Gold. And then subsequently, the shows disappeared off the schedule. But I was very fortunate because now being part of the global family, a number of us, a couple of us from from Gold, were brought over to um, to Smooth, and they were also relaunching Smooth. Perfect, isn't it? John Lennon, imagine this is Gold, greatest hits of all time. I'm Eamon Kelly. Hello, how are you? Rolling Stones coming up. Elvis as well in the next twenty minutes. Got all the big names here. Hall and Oates now. I can't go for that. No can do on Gold. Before we go into uh, the relaunch of Smooth, I, and I, ju- I just want to um, ask about um, about Gold compared to when you were with Capital Gold, how different was it? It was it's very similar, actually. The only thing I noticed was, and some of the oldies radio, and this is by no means a criticism, by the way, but some of the oldies radio stations in America, what they did was they either stuck with the 60s, and that was that, or they brought it more up to date. So there's two ways of doing oldies radio. So remember when I was when I first went to Capital Gold, which was um, in the 90s. Let's say a mid 60s song was 30 years old, but obviously if you do the maths, 20 odd years later, that same mid 60s song is now 50 plus years old, not 30 years old anymore. So. 
it's whether you it's whether you you stick with 60s and and I think they're doing the right thing by the way by doing that because n- pretty much nobody's doing 60s now even even some of the more the radio 2s that used to have a lot of 60s and 70s they're moving away from it and changing their liner so I think gold are dead right to stick with that because no pretty much no one else is serving up that and funnily enough gold's audiences are going up again because the audience who want those classic songs you know they're not being serve them anywhere so that that kind of that 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 reinforces why they're doing it right but to answer your question th- there wasn't much of a difference between the capital apart, apart from obviously the lineup those legends weren't on anymore but apart from that the music pretty much stayed true to that 60s 70s 80s format it, it and it, it's kind of the same with heart isn't it how i remember um in 2014 heart was 80s 90s up to the present day and now they seem to drop the 80s and just go more for late 90s to uh current day music yeah because if you're it's, let's say you're a, you're targeting for example let's just pick a 40 year old well a 40 year old 20 years ago is different music taste wise to a 40 year old now so if you don't change that format you're not going to pick up the 40 year old now you're going to have that 40 year old back then with you and she's 60 now now there's nothing wrong with that but it's it's about where you want to place yourself in the market and and some stations have to evolve all the time and some stations have to just offer up uh, i like to think of it as kind of the mcdonald's thing you go to a mcdonald's you know what you're going to get on the menu it's not going to be a surprise to you they might have specials like every now and again but you know what i mean you're going to get a big mac you're going to get cheeseburger fillet of fish whatever it is you like but so you're not going to go to the menu and go oh my god i wonder what mcdonald's are serving these days you know you know what you're getting when you walk in the door and a lot of radio stations are very successful because they deliver up what that listener wants that that minute absolutely and um so march 2014 arrives you've pre- you present your last afternoon show with gold mm-hmm. um and it, i i mean it, it must have been um hard to say goodbye to a station that which once upon a time was second in the market from going to a full lineup of jocks to just have in one live show a day i'm gonna i'm gonna um open up a little bit about my personality now and some people will get this and some people won't but this is this is my cope not coping mechanism but this is this is how i deal with stuff in life so when i'm you know got a a show on at the moment i love it i put my heart into it i i do my very best when it ends and I, I sometimes think as humans, we're not very good at letting go. And I mean, and if I widen this up to, if I widen it out to like relationships or anything else you want to choose here, but I'm very good at letting go. So in my personal life too. So if something comes to an end, it comes to an end. And I go, well, that was good. I had a good run. I enjoyed that. That was good for me. Next. Now, not everyone's able to do that, but that also stops you looking back because I did have a great run of Capital Gold and then Gold, and I was there for many years, uh, and I played thousands and thousands of oldies, you know, but would I want to be doing that till I'm 94 years of age? Probably not. So do, do you see what I mean? So you're thankful for what you get, and so I, I never shed a tear when I go. 
And and that's 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 the truth of the matter. The ever-popular David Essex. Gonna make you a star. This is gold. I'm Eamon. I hope you're doing well today. I am. I'm here until 4 o'clock, then it's 60 Sunday with Paul Coy and Dino's show tonight. It's got to be a must-listen as well, wouldn't you say? Maybe you could be part of it. We'll see a little later. I'll be listening. Smokey Robertson on the way. We're playing the Beach Boys too. Beautiful day today. So we've got many more like this. I've got a feeling it's going to be a good spring and summer. But nevertheless, you stay in Leicester Square because... Um, uh, Global have recently purchased Smooth Radio from GMG and you are back with the Smooth family with breakfast. Yeah, well, there was never a gap in that, too, because what they decided to do, whoever, you know, they were having these meetings and I wasn't even aware of it at the time, by the way. Um, I was asked to just deputize over Christmas before the whole goal changes. So if the goal changes happen in the spring and again, I'm, forgive me, I'm not great with memory for, for specific dates, but the Christmas before they'd asked me and, and they, I remember the, one of the programmers coming and meeting me outside the gold studio when I finished. And sometimes in your career, that, that can be um, not a good sign. But in this case, he said, look, I want to have a word with you. And he said, look, we've got a gap in the schedule on smooth over Christmas. Would you like to do, I think it was boxing night. And I mean, I'll never turn down an opportunity. And I think that, again, that's part of, whereas you might have had one guy going. And remember, we didn't necessarily know what was going to happen to gold yet. So this was all happening in the background. But, you know, the bosses obviously know are way ahead of the game as compared to you. Um, and I could have turned around and said, oh, Boxing Night, you know, that's an inconvenience. It's over Christmas. I want to stay at home. No, I jumped at it. Of course I did, because it was, yeah, have a go at Smooth. And um, I did the show. And I remember the words he said to me. He said, by the way, just chill, enjoy it. You're just helping us out. You're not on trial. We're not looking into anything more than you just helping us out. I thought, okay. A couple of weeks later, I had would you like to come and join us then? And I thought, ah, okay. Um, so um, they offered me, I think it was Sunday breakfast first, which I did. And then they extended it to Saturday breakfast, so weekend breakfast both days, which which I absolutely love. And it is worth mentioning, it's sort of, um, how can I say, it's, it's sort of um a journey how how it began, you know, with Broadland, because Dave Brown was at Broadland and uh he was doing overnights and uh, you were doing the uh, weekend breakfast uh, fo following him. Yeah, Dave, um, that's a really good point. And, and here's, here's something else to bear in mind for anybody who's maybe starting out in radio or re recently has, or just in life generally. Um, somebody said to me years ago, don't fall out with people. Don't backbite. Don't be a ass. Well, that's not of my nature anyway. I, ju I just don't play those games. I'm not interested in negativity. But there's a real lesson to be had there because the guy that you, let's say you were that sort of person and you did the dirty on someone. You never know when they pop up again or they're your boss or whatever. So Dave, I worked with, you're right, at Radio Broadland. And Dave was, was a presenter on, but he was also one of the management team. And I found him very accommodating, very friendly. Remember, I was new to not only the city, but new to the UK. Didn't have a clue where Norwich was to begin with because I didn't even come from here. Um, and I found these people in, in Broadland and... and um, Dave being one of them, extremely helpful and likable. 
and, and a bit of a lad, you know, just a character. And then, you know, all those years later, you end up working with them again on the same station. And it really was, a, oh, my God, this is it. So we, we spent a couple of happy years um, catching up. But, but you know, because we crossed over shows. David made me a cup of tea at the end of a shift. Maybe I should have made him the cup of tea. He was coming to the end of a shift. But I, I was busy trying to get focused on the breakfast show. And he'd come and he'd have a chat. And, yeah, so I've got nothing but kind and, and good thoughts about Dave. Michael Jackson, A Human Nature from Thriller. When we think of Thriller, of course, a successful albums, just about everybody I know had a copy of it back in the day. Automatically think of Human Nature. It's one of my favourite songs. I hope you enjoyed it too. Smooth Radio, I'm Eamon Kelly. I've got Marvin Gaye coming up. Earth, Wind and Fire first though. And, it, and it's it's worth mentioning as well, um, with, with the lineup when you uh, were at Smooth, at starting there, uh, it had Simon Bates still there and uh, yeah. Kid Jensen and th- these, like with Gold, these were other big heritage names. Huge, Pat Sharp, Pat Sharp, um, of course, was there as well. And I remember ba- uh, Simon in particular. Now I had no experience with Simon because we didn't cross over previously, whereas some of the other guys I'd mentioned in this, uh, we we did and we worked together, but for me it was just something special because Simon Bates with that voice. And I did manage to, obviously, you'd see him on top of the pops occasionally, but or the hour tune back on the Radio 1 days. Although we couldn't pick up Radio 1, you could sometimes get a recording of one of the old hour tunes or whatever. And I was just captivated by this voice and his his ability to tell a story and to bring the nation to to a stop for five minutes every day, as he told you this heartbreaking story about like love that had, you know, come to an end or, or whatever. Um, and then to be able to be in the same building, I remember having a conversation with them one day, just a brief one. And uh, I was thinking, oh my, this, this is something else, you know? So, so yeah, absolutely. But little did they know and little did we know that again, you know, radio never stands still for forever. And it, there was a change of lineup on the way. Um, and I've been affected both ways. I've been I've been shoved off stations because of networking, and I've also been brought onto stations because of changes. So it's the nature of the beast. It is, but uh, Smooth uh, continues to grow, um, and um, a, a couple of sister stations have uh, begun to pop up. And you've uh, you are now on Smooth. We should say seven days a week because you're doing uh, Smooth Country on the weekdays. Yeah. So I'm on every morning, every day. So, yeah. So smooth breakfast, Saturday, Sunday on the network across the UK and then smooth country. um, Yeah. In the week. And I remember I was asked what I would I consider that. And this is about three, four years ago now. And again, forgive me, as we said about my memory. Um, So, yeah. And, and I put my hand up and I said, look, you do know. And I'm not, I, I can't pretend to be something I'm not. I said, I am not a country expert. Okay. So just let's put that out there now before I do a show on the station, because what you don't want to do is pretend to be something. Of course, the country fans are so, it's, it's not just an interest, it's a lifestyle. Because I've gone to a couple of the festivals now, country to country at the O2, which is a three-day festival. The stars come over from the States. And the people who go there, they spend a lot of money on the ticket. They they come from all across the UK and Europe. And 
they live it, they breathe it, they wear the cowboy gear. You know, it's it's a proper thing. And if I went on there and, and, and pretended that I just, you know, was guessing that that band were this and that he would belong to this. So I just came at it like, I love the music. And, and also, and I said to them at the beginning, I'm on a learning curve because I want to learn about this stuff that I'm playing. And they said, absolutely, that's the way we want to approach it. And 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 I re- really, I've grown into it and I love it now. I genuinely do. And I've got to speak to so many of the stars over the years that they were coming into the studio when they were in London. They'd swing by and we'd interview them. Or, and then over subsequently, the last couple of years with the pandemic, we were doing the Zoom links. And I've spoken to, you know, Pretty much, I was going to say all, but but a huge proportion of the stars and country, you know, the, the current ones. And I absolutely love it. Something I can relate to a lot. Michael Ray's Think a Little Less, a classic for your Friday morning from John Denver on the way. And now, a bit more rock is Kenny Chesney, American Kids on Smooth Country. So in the 30 years of experience uh, you've had on the wireless, uh, from pirates to local to national, what advice would you give to anyone who's wanting to start a career in radio? So I'd say perseverance, get good, get experience. I'll get a, you know an email or a, a message from somebody and they'll go, um, you know, I really want a job on radio. How do I go about it? Um, you know, I'm starting out. Um, who do I send the demo to at Global? Now, I'm going to contradict myself because this is the very thing I did back in the day in Dublin when I was a kid and had aspirations of Capital and Radio 1. But clearly, it, that took years for that to happen, right? Clearly, if you're playing radio in your bedroom and you've got an ambition and you want to get on, it's a bit like a footballer saying, you know, I, I play football in my back garden and I kick around with the kids and I want to play for Man United. Well, you know, there's a few stages between those two steps there. What I'd say is get out there, get as much experience as you can and keep improving all the time. Listen back to the shows. Those annoying words you keep using, you know, that you're not aware of at the time. And then you listen back and you go, why do I keep saying that? Or why am I doing this? Narrow it down, get better, get better, get better and keep working at it because it's really difficult to sound so natural. There's an act to it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't come. Well, not for me anyway. It doesn't come or didn't come automatically. I You have to work at it because, you know, being in a room on your own with monitors and a microphone and a mixing desk. And coming out of that speaker, talking to Daphne and Dagenham or, you know, Bill and Bogner or whatever, and sounding like you're making a connection just to them is incredibly difficult. Anybody can talk on the radio. Anybody can turn the mic on and anyone can say anything. But it's making a connection and it's making an impact so that they'll listen tomorrow and, you know, they like what you – that's that's the key to it, and and that's what you've got to work on over and over and over again. That's what I'd say. Oh, and and probably don't take no for an answer. Very very good very good word there. Don't take no for yeah, absolutely. And um, finally, Eamon, I have to ask, who was your radio great? Now again, that's really difficult. I'll I'll say a name, and you you know anybody listening to this, if they weren't in the Irish market, I mean, you know, you won't. But I'll explain why. So, a radio station opened up in Ireland, and it was a game changer. Up to that point, we had these little pirate stations where you know you'd be you'd have a little 
tiny cheap microphone and a couple of cassette decks and, you know, equipment you'd have at home. And someone would plug it into a homemade transmitter that could be heard half a mile away. And that was your lot kind of thing. Suddenly, a guy called Chris Carey came over from the he was in on the British Pirates. He set up Radio Nova. He a completely professional setup. He went and got these American jingles from Jam. It sounded perfect. The production sounded bang on. And these presenters really knew what they what they were all about all of a sudden. And they were like, it was like the difference between walking to work and going on a space rocket instead and the difference was just like a million miles an hour or just three three miles an hour it, they they transform radio overnight and as a kid a tiny kid who was always into i didn't know at the time but i was interested in music and then i was by definition listening to radios to get the music um they that was just a um, a light bulb moment when i heard the jingles when i heard how cool these presenters could be and there was a guy who did breakfast called declan mean uh, on Radio Nova, and he just sounded so effortless. It, he wasn't a DJ trying to be a DJ, which you heard a lot back then, you know, like trying to be Mr. D. He was just a guy, a friendly, warm, funny guy who spoke a bit between the songs, and I thought, oh, my God, he's he's doing it differently to everyone, and, th and that's kind of what made the impact, and that kind of set the put the little seeds in there to say, if I could get a chance, that's what I would love to do. Well... Eamon Kelly, thank you ever so much for appearing on this edition of Radio Greats Today. You're welcome. Pleasure. What a song to finish on. Paul McCartney and Wings, band on the run. I've had a great time. I hope you enjoyed it too. And keep smiling. It's my little message to you. Right, Paul's next for this 60 Sunday. And then Dino tonight from a Don't Miss That Either. This is gone. Remembering the great DJs of radio. It's Radio Greats with the live Luke.